Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, it is Monday. That means we kick off our expert series strong with Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing really well. I've been looking forward to this show since last week when you and I talked, and that's because we are going to talk deals, uh, creative deals. deals. You know, something, something more creative than just you know, hey, it's listed in the MLS. I'll pay asking. Done. We're going to talk creative deals done over our careers, uh, and just talk about what it means to get in the mix put all the pieces together and, you know, talk about some wins on the other side. So uh, you had a pretty interesting deal uh, that you shared last week that I want to kick off with. You want to kind of tell everybody how that came to be? Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, in that last show, uh, my first hotel deal where I bought a hotel property, tore it down and built those three 12 bedroom houses. Yep. My, my version of short term vacation rentals that I sent you those <laughs> and I sent you that 16 bedroom. Yeah. I, I replied, are you sure these are houses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, man. You know, so, I mean, you can put me you on know, 30, 40 people in those things. And, wow. um, you know, so that's where I came from. Giants you know, um, oceanfront vacation rental houses. So it, essentially even, you know, back then I didn't even know what it was, but essentially what I had done was a wholesale deal, right? right? So I'd put the property under contract. My next door neighbor had it. They were going to develop the property and they got cold feet and decided not to do it. I, I don't know why. I mean, I was kind of like, they were very high level guys, sophisticated investors, been in that area a long time for them to not want to do it. I was like, what's going on here? So then I just said, you know what, I, whatever, go for it. You know, yeah. so I was young. I didn't care. It was $10,000 for the contract to buy the land. It was three lots, three oceanfront lots. And they, you know, that the hotel was sitting on already platted already, you know, everything was easy there. You just tear it down and you build. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of you know hurdles from a zoning standpoint. Um, you know, and I got creative in order to create the 12 bedrooms because nobody had ever done anything like that in that area. So I had to create a little uh, package, you know, like mini sewer treatment plant to treat the, you know, the, the affluent from the house because everything was on septic down there. So lot uh, coverage is a big issue. Okay. You know, you can only build on about 30 to 40% of the lot. So you have to have big lots. Yeah. And when you're oceanfront, part of that is in the Cama uh, area, which is a coastal area management uh, area. So you can't build within that area. You got to set back from that 50, 60 feet. So wow very tricky environment to build in and you know so you need big big lots to be able to do something so you reduce that uh, or you increase your lot coverage area and um, increase your footprint by using these little packaged you know treatment plants for the you know for the wastewater so uh, anyways so I get the contract on this thing I put up a ten thousand dollar earnest money deposit while I'm working along all this my realtor at the time I told him what I was doing said hey if you know anybody wants to buy you know a 12 bedroom house from me turnkey package let me know Turns out he had a client that wanted to do all three and this guy was investing down there. So he came to me and um, basically bought the contract from me for a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, buy those oceanfront lots. Uh, and then I built into the three 12 bedroom houses uh, all at the same time and, you know, made another hundred thousand dollars per house on that. So it turned into about a $400,000 deal, but the assignment of the contract alone was a hundred grand. And see, I didn't even know about, you know, I didn't know about wholesaling. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. All I, you know, it, to me, it was just a part of the business. 
So what happened was I took that and started creating a business model out of that. So what I did was I was like, man, the light bulb went off. So I went around my area and I started yeah. well, up. One sec, one sec. I, I want to, yeah. because I don't think we've done a good job of just celebrating how big a leap you took first. We'll get to the business model and how that became a thing for you. But again, right? Remind the audience where you were when you got the opportunity <laughs> to buy a tent, you know, the tent, you get $10,000 for the option to buy the land. You, you weren't, you weren't Greg Dickerson per se. You were, you were a handyman, right? Yeah, I just started out. Um, I think I was building some small spec houses at the time, but yeah, this was, so 97 is when I started, 97, 98 as a handyman remodeling contractor. So this was 2000. Okay. And this happened. So this was three or four years later. So yeah, yeah. I wasn't even doing more than probably a couple million dollars a year in my business. Just started, you know, to build little spec houses. Yeah. You know, didn't know how to invest in real estate. Didn't know what a wholesale or a flip was. Never didn't know what oceanfront was. Didn't, I mean, didn't do anything. Well, that I knew I was in the area, but you you know, but you hadn't done development there. No, right. I'd never built, you know, I'd never built a house from the ground up bigger than probably 1200 square feet at the time. All right. So then your neighbor, um, was that, you know, your neighbor comes to you with this deal because he knows you're in real estate. Right. And Oh, by the way, I didn't have a realtor's license. None of that. This is before all that. And then, as I remember the story when we were talking off camera last week, your neighbor's partner was some kind of government official or city official that... Yeah, he was a county commissioner, and he had a building company. So he was yeah. he'd been building down there for 20 years. And exactly. He had a real estate company and property management company. I mean, he was a big deal in Dare County. You know, and that's there. what I wanted to talk about. So this gentleman yeah. and his partner got this deal. They felt good about it. And then something scared them. Something made them. I don't know what it was. So, and then, so my, my neighbor, he owned the Dairy Queens and he, he owned, you know, three oceanfront hotels. Right. And, um, you know, and then his partner was a sophisticated developer, been building and developing down there for years. So yeah, they got cold feet and said, Hey, do you want this deal? I'm still going, you know, they said, give me $10,000 in the contract yours. And I'm thinking, well, he's going to be my neighbor. So he wouldn't just flat out cheat me, would he? You know, that's what I'm thinking, you know? And I'm just like, why would they be doing this? And I just, you know, he said, you know, he just didn't want to do it. He got cold feet, too much money, Yeah. you know, to, you know, because it's 1.2 million for the purchase. And then you had to, you know, spend, you know, at the time, $800,000 a piece to build a nice house, you know? Yeah. So that was another 2.4, 2.3 million. Yeah. And uh, so all together was three or 4 million bucks. I didn't have that kind of money. Didn't know where I would get that kind of money, but I knew the land at $400,000 a lot was worth 600,000 once I, you know, tore it all down. So I said, let's do it. 10 grand. So I wrote that check and Uh I don't know, I might've had a hundred grand in the bank at the time. That was it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And again, this, this reason I wanted to go back to this is because that lots of people get in, in that situation. And I don't know what the odds are, but I'd guess it's 80, 20, 80% 80% of people don't go forward, right? They look at the successful builder, 20-year vet, county commissioner, and go, ooh, if he doesn't want it, I don't want it, right? I think something must be wrong. Something has to be wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, so again, taking a leap of faith, betting on yourself, um, that, that had to feel good. And then, so let's just pretend it's a month. Let's say you, t- you, yeah. you, set, you, send the, you sign the 10 grand on, on, I don't know, what is it, July? July 1st. Then you go to your real estate friend, what, like July 2nd and say, Hey, if you know anybody, and then you hear on July 8th, I mean, what was the time frame? Cause it wasn't long, right? You were still in contract. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably within 30 days, all this happened. So, right. you know, I got the contract and I started, it took, well, it took a couple of weeks just to get it back. So okay. when I put the 10,000 up, 
and I gave it to the attorney. I took it to his attorney's office, dropped it off. And then I didn't hear anything for like two weeks. I'm like, what's going on? I where's, gave my the 10 grand? Grand. where's my contract? <laughs> yeah. Where's my contract? And I was like, what the heck? So finally, you know, I didn't know back then that, you know, attorneys don't return your phone calls and <laughs> you know, respond, yeah. you know? Uh, so it took me a while to figure that one out. But anyways, I finally get the contract back and um, I don't even remember what time of year this was, but I finally get the contract back. So I start working my process and yeah. doing my due diligence. And, um, you know, as I'm doing things, I'm talking to my realtor about it. So this is all within a 30 day period. Right. And he's like, Hey, I got a client that's looking at stuff. And this guy, uh, he owned the Pella window franchise in Virginia. Okay. And he was down there doing some investing and buying properties and doing things, him and his partner, his partner was a builder developer up in uh, Williamsburg. And, um, so they were doing a bunch of stuff. So Anyways, yeah, the realtor goes, yeah, I got this guy, man. He'll, you know, he, he might be interested. Turned out he wanted all three lots. So yeah, this wow. is like a 30 day period. And, um, yeah, I'd never even like torn a building down at that point. I had no clue, <laughs> but you know, what I did do was I knew there were people there that did. So I hired them to come work right. for me and help me build this company. So I had a couple of people working for me that had done these things. Then I had my engineer, you know, uh, civil engineer that did all my site planning and stuff. And he was looking at it we were working, you know, because it was supposed to be eight bedroom houses. And mm -hmm. back then, the more bedrooms you can get, the more rent you can bring in, the more value you can create, just like multifamily. Sure. You saw the houses. These things are like apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. They're, they're large. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so this was a nice project. So we're working all that while my, you know, I'm telling my agent about it. So, yeah, this all came together within about a 30-day period. So probably um, 45 days after I put that $10,000 down, the land was closed. I put the hundred grand in the bank. And I started building the houses. I mean, it was wow. that quick. Yeah. You know, 30, 45 days. So, you know, it was interesting too, because I'd never torn a hotel down before. So what I did was once we closed on that, um, I put, you know, the word out to people and put an ad in the paper because there was no Craigslist back then. There was mm -hmm. no internet. This was all, you know, very small community. I said, look, I'm going to demolish this hotel. There's TVs, there's beds, there's, you know, furniture. Come get whatever you want. Wow. So I did open house and people came and took everything out of the property. I mean, it was hilarious. It was like, it was, you should have seen people just hundreds of people running all around the property, grabbing all the furniture. They were taking light bulbs out of the thing. They were taking wow. toilet paper. I mean, it's incredible. You know, so I did it for the community. Look, if you need something, come get it. Yeah. So I just kind of gave it away. And that was my, you know, donating back to the community before we tore the building down. Nice. So that was, that was pretty interesting you know, that experience. And that was a model that anything I tore down, I kind of followed from that point on. I said, Hey, if you, if you need things, come get it. Yeah. And I would give away the furniture and whatever was in the house, the TVs, electronics, and wow. you know, they just had to remove it and take it away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And again, right. I just want to kind of set this up. You're, you're young in the game. You're in it three or four years. Oh, yeah. Um, you take a leap of faith, you work with your network, right? Not only who knows you, but who do they know? Um, yeah. You put a hundred grand in your pocket and I don't know what it takes, but I'm guessing it took 12 to 18 months to build the three homes. Um, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, that was eight months. We did them. In oh, eight, eight months. months. Wow. Eight months. Yeah. So, and then another eight. So in a calendar year, theoretically, um, yeah. you put 400 grand in your pocket because you took a leap of faith on 10 grand. Yeah. I just decided to do it. And, you know, I'm going to do the math right now. So this is 2020 and that was probably 2000. So that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So I am 53 today. It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So I was 33 years old, 32 years old, never done anything like that, had no investors, no backers, no college education. I just, you know, 
three years into starting my business, you know, and I started, you know, but like I said, I'd hired some good people. So I had some people working for me that I knew could build these houses. Yeah. You know, and I knew, man, if I could just get this deal, this would just, this would be the beginning of everything. And I was getting ready to build my house. And that's the story of how my house went from being, you know, 5,000 square feet to 7,000 square feet <laughs> because of that deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Your wife, your wife picked a, a bigger floor plan. So you needed more space. Yeah. That's how this yeah, all started. I was like, well, we can afford it now. So that was interesting. So like I said, what that did was that the light bulb went off and I'm yep. like, wait a minute, I can tie the land up, flip it to the investor, make a profit and then build them a house and make more money. And you couldn't get the land unless you built with me. So that's what I started doing. You know, so that was my, I became a, because so these were all mostly, these were finished lots in, you know, subdivisions that were just because the market was escalating and things were hot. Yeah. So I didn't even have to develop the land. I would go into, like, I went into this one subdivision in an area down the Outer Banks called Duck, North Carolina. So everybody's watching, look up Duck, North Carolina. It's a cute little seaside village down there. So I went into this one neighborhood and I tied up like 12 lots. It was the last 12 Oceanside lots in this, in this area. Paid street, lots of big houses, and these were just little infill lots. I put them all under contract like I was a developer. I turned around and just flipped the contracts to my investors wow. and then built them the houses. And I was making twenty-five dollars to $50,000 per lot, just flipping the contract, mm -hmm. and then hundred grand per house to build them houses. And these were eight-bedroom you know, houses uh, that were a little, little different than the 12-bedrooms. And then I, you know, so I just kept doing that all over the place. I didn't have to develop anything. You know, wow. I was like, I was making the same money if I'd have went in and developed that land and, um, you know, took all that risk and sold lots. Cause you know, as a developer back for what those lots were selling for, that's all you'd make would be 25 to 50,000 per lot. Wow. So I just want to make sure I understand. Cause I love the business model. When you said you went in and tied <laughs> up 12 of the lots, was that still like the first deal where you would just sign it and then you would, you would, or would you close and then sell them because i'm guessing it takes longer to sell 12 lots than it does one no i assigned so even on the first one i assigned the, yeah, the first one you assigned yeah. right even yeah. on the so net 12 whoever I, wow yeah i did the same thing on the 12 yeah i assigned all those contracts yeah so you had no capital invested no. other than time nothing yeah well i put the <laughs> earnest money up so i had to, I had to put, uh, you know i had to yeah. put the earnest money deposit down a lot but that was it <laughs> yeah and this was that's amazing. One seller. So this was the developer. So this sure. was the original, the original developer that had these last 12 lots. Totally makes so sense. I think I put $5,000 earnest money up. And let me tell you where that money came from. So <laughs> I was doing a remodel. Okay. I was remodeling the handyman guy. I was doing a remodel for a guy on a house. And I think, you know, it was a $150,000 project, right? Yeah. So the guy came to me and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll pay you $125,000 now, right now, put cash in your pocket. Um, if you'll take the money now instead of 150 you know, over the next four yeah. months as it's done. So I was like, dang, I'll do that. So I took that money and then that's what I went out and tied all those lots up. You know, so I put, you know, I had that $5,000 earnest money and I had yeah. money in the bank to kind of, you know, so I went Love. to the banks and I'm yeah. like, loan me the money to buy these lots and build houses. And the bank's like, you're crazy. You're talking about 12 lots that, you know, lot and house packaging the lots for 150 grand to 200 grand, the houses were, you know, three, 400,000 to build. So it's half a million, yeah. 600,000 per lot. Per, yeah. That's 7,200,000. And I'm sitting in front of the bank. Here I am 32 years old, <laughs> you know, pull up in your pickup truck. <laughs> right. You know, I don't even have, I don't really own anything except my house. I'm like, here, loan me seven and a half million dollars. And they're like, uh, right, we're not going to do that. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, they appraised for way more. And then, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, so I was trying to, and they wouldn't do it. So that's when I said, shoot. 
you know, so then I went to my realtor friend yeah. and this was the year that I paid him 300 grand between these lots and that other deal yeah. that I said, I'm getting my real estate license, you know? Yeah. Uh, those are the commissions he earned on all yeah. these deals I was doing, you know? Yeah, that and is he a, and I did a lot of business together, you know, those few years. So yeah, so I, like I said, and that, that just kind of lost it. It's funny, I'd forgotten all about how I got the money to do that deal was from <laughs> doing that little remodel. The guy paid me early. Paid you, you early. Know? That's amazing. Yeah. So you, you took a first deal where you took a leap of faith, put 400 grand in your pocket. You rinse and repeat because it worked to the tune of 12 lots. Let's just say you made 25K per lot. Let's just say, so that's 300 grand. And then you made 100 grand yeah. per house. That's 1.2 million. Right. Yeah. That, so you're up to 1.9 million and you're still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just taking all of that and just redeploying, redeploying. So rich dad, poor dad, what do you do? You build businesses yeah. and generate cash flow to invest in other assets. So that's amazing. You know, and then it, while I'm doing all this, I'm starting a plumbing company and I'm starting this and I'm doing the pool, you know, doing all these things. My building company is growing and I'm hiring people and, um, you know, just growing, growing, growing. And then, you know, next thing I know, we're doing $30 million and, you know, I've got people knocking on my door, you know, Hey, you want to sell your company? Wow. You know, that kind of thing. And yeah, so it just kind of, and this, all this was from basically 2000, 2001 to 2007. That's when, that's when all of this was kind of happening. So it was really a five to six year period that all of this went from zero, well, you know, maybe a million, yeah. to 30 million in terms of a business. And then cash from basically, I don't know, I might've had a hundred grand in the bank on that first deal to, you know, I don't know, 10 million at that point. Wow. That's an exciting story. So it was just nuts. It was yeah. just nuts. You know, yeah. so I was no genius, no rocket scientist. I was just like figuring it out as I went along. And then I did a couple of more little hotel deals, you know, like that, where I'd get this hotel and I'd tear it down and, you know, um, make three, 400 grand, just flipping it basically, you know? Yeah. And I again, mean, when you nuts. say, when you say flip it, you're flipping it post teardown. Yeah. Yeah. So you, contract. Yep. So yes, the investor closes, I get my fee, Yep. you know, and then I tear it down for them as a, you know, I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. Like they paid for it. I'm just managing it. <laughs> that <laughs> is a building houses. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, that's that's winning two or three times. You 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 get paid for the the contract, and you you get a guaranteed profit per house. Mm -hmm. um, I would call that a very successful business model. <laughs> it was. It was. And my my contracts were cost plus a fixed fee. So you pay sure. me hundred grand, and I build you the house. You paid all the costs. So yeah. my, my, my number was just totally, so I knew exactly what I was going to make. There was no guesswork. There was no risk, no downside. And the investor was, they were making, you know, a hundred to 200,000 per house on top of it. Yeah. Because remember, as soon as they were done, this was all pre 2009 market was just going up and up and up. Yeah. So if I built you a house for five or 600,000, you could sell it for seven or eight as soon as it was done. That's what was going on. Mm. You know, it was just nuts. And then I was building some of my own spec houses because of the equity as the builder. Sure. When we talked about getting your own general contractor's license, that's one way to leverage it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you can do that, you know, it's a little harder now, but, um, and the market's never been the same since. And I wasn't the only one. I mean, there's a lot of people down there doing sure. deals that we're all kind of like, man, is this real? You know, <laughs> because you, it feels you know, odd. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. And it was really amazing because these are cash flow houses. These are short term rental houses. Yeah. They're, they're almost commercial and, and residential. Mm -hmm. So anybody can buy them. There was professional property management. So it was just totally turnkey hands off. You didn't have to do anything. Wow. And we would deliver houses, turnkey furnished, done. You didn't have to do a thing. You didn't have to yeah. pick any colors. You didn't have to do anything. 
Wow. You know, you could if you wanted to, but you didn't have to. Yeah. So people would come down and see me. We'd put the package together. Like if you were going to build a house with me, you know, you'd come down, see me. I had the land. So you had to get the land through me. Yep. And um, we'd do the deal. You'd write me a check for 50 grand or whatever the deposit was, you know, for 10% of the package. And you'd be off and running. I would line up your financing. You know, I had decorators that would do all the colors, all the selections. They would run it by you wherever you were. Or if you wanted to come down for a weekend, you pick it all out one weekend, you're gone. Right. You're back eight months later walking into your done turnkey house that's fully booked for one hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the season. Wow. You know, that's how it worked. And then you paid me eight hundred grand for the package and now you can flip it for a million. Yeah, so I, I just got to ask because I, I don't know anything about values in that area. What would something like that go for today in crazy world of 2020? Well, it's back. You know, so oh. what happened was it went up, 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 up to 2009, then it crashed. And, okay. You know, values got cut slam in half to where they were. So the peak of our market was there, was 0405. Most of the country was 0406, somewhere uh-huh. in that time frame. So what happened was 2009, it got cut all the way back to 2000, 2001 level. Okay. Before it started jumping up to that 0405 peak. Got it. So now it's kind of back to those levels, but it's starting to creep again. And they're having actually right now their biggest year ever down there on the Outer Banks because interest rates, a friend of mine sent a note out today, he's a mortgage lender down there, um, conforming rates are 2.8%, no closing costs, no points, no fees. 75% loan to value. You can go nice. 80% if you pay a 0.25 origination fee. Jumbo rates are like 3.25. You know, so conforming down there is 510,000. So anything over 510 jumbo. Yeah. So when we were doing these deals, interest rates were, interest only LIBOR was around 5%. Yeah. You know, and that's why stuff was just escalating and just shooting up. I mean, I never would have thought you could get two or three percent interest rate. I never did either. I mean, I m- I remember my first my first house was seven and an eighth. Yeah. Yeah, investment loan, right? So uh, to think to think I've had investors get yeah threes. You know, it's that's just and then the other thing today. that people were doing was there was a negative amortization loan. I can't <laughs> I remember. Negam. Yeah. 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 So where you could get a really low interest rate. So so like say if the rates are two point eight, you could get one point eight. Shoot, you could get point nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you get point nine, and then it would just add to the loan over the yeah. years. It would just increase like a like a reverse mortgage. Absolutely. If you had equity in. So a lot of us were doing those types of deals too. And of course that's why the mortgage market collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I when I sold my eight houses at the peak, I think seven of the eight got Nagam loans. It's the only way you could make it cash flow. Mm-hmm. And and all of them lost it uh, at the two year because they were usually two two and twenty eights right they'd be nagam yeah. for two years then they'd reset and then the interest rate would go from point nine to seven point nine or something stupid and the story was yeah. don't worry you can refi right that was the whole story oh yeah so to answer your question values are now kind of where they were pre boom okay. two thousand one two thousand two so there's but the rents have gone up. I'm sure. That's what's incredible. The rates have come down. The, the rents have continued to go up because even in 2009, people still took that vacation. So in the worst economic times, it's a drivable destination from the Northeast. Exactly. So right now that place is on fire because of, you know, exactly. people can't travel internationally. They can't go other places. Yeah. So rental demand is at an all-time high. Properties, people are buying them. You know, it's, it's at an all-time high right now. But the values are still kind of holding where where they are but the cash flows are through the roof now because the financing you can get yeah well let's talk about that a little more because i i am starting to believe if because again all of that's true plus supply is low 
Mm-hmm. Right? So, inventory, yeah. Yeah, inventory. So I am I don't know if I I don't know if I'm afraid or I'm excited because I own a bunch, but we could see a year or two of appreciation take off, like double digits, right? Assuming supply stays low and forbearance. The, I still think we're hiding pain in this forbearance, but we'll see. But the rest of this year, we could see prices go up. Interest rates never been this yeah. low. Rents are higher. Occupancies are up. Why won't prices go up? I mean, seriously, why won't prices go up from here? I don't know. Yeah, it should. And there's, you know, you're hearing multiple offers and bidding, bidding wars and, and, you know, different markets. But so here's the thing to watch. So right now, um, we're in an election year. So you were talking a little bit about some tax things and all that. You know, um, we really can't, you know, pontificate on what's going to happen if somebody gets elected or doesn't get elected. But what mm-hmm. we can look at is this month, you've got taxes due in two days. So yeah. anybody who's watching, you know, um, if you had to pay taxes, you were given until, you know, the 15th of the IRS. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody's taxes are due yep. and the unemployment bonus from the Fed of $600 a week is gone this month. Yeah. So I think that could make a huge difference and a big impact if they don't re-up that. And there is no talk about extending the tax deadline or re-upping no. that bonus. Yeah, they've already said they will not. Actually, this came out last week or it might have been the week before. Mnuchin said we are not delaying the IRA, the tax date, so that's known. And then on Friday, I think they came out and said that they're looking at re, they're looking at uh, extending the unemployment kicker, but they will not be a flat rate six hundred bucks for everyone. There will be some kind of caps and all of that. And who knows when that gets done, right? Because they don't even come back from freaking summer break to the twentieth. Right? right. So that's not going to happen. So it's that's going like, to run out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to run out. So they'll be interesting to see what are the effects of that, you know, because right now collections across the board, everybody I'm talking to in pretty much every sector, I think storage might be feeling a little bit of a little bit of a decline here and there, but most housing, everybody's collecting just like they normally would, you know, collections are on par from what they usually were. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, even I have to pay taxes, you know, I've, I've waited, you know, you know, I'm not going to give it to them anytime soon. No, I I sent mine in yesterday. Again, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I said yeah, mine, I yes, mine Sunday. Today or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that check was hard to write. Yeah, it is. It is. So I was waiting, you know, and I don't, I mean, I, I've got mine down to about 10% still. You know, still. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah, we, I, I, I don't actually mind paying taxes. It's just as long as it's as little as legally required. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I don't mind. Uh, I'm, I'm all right with that. So again, the story of the story and the reason I want to talk about this today is again, you bet on yourself. Yeah, uh, your network helped you, um, and then the other one is you found a model that worked, and you just you weren't afraid to do rinse and repeat, right? You seek right. that out, and whatever's um, working for you, do more of it. So that's what yeah. I tell people. A lot of people are like, man, I want to go do this. Go I'm here, go, do that. go here. Like, well, I'm where here. Are you where have you made your money so far? Doing this, I'm like, yeah. well, do more of that. Yeah. So you just max that out, then branch out from there. Once that's maxed out, automated, systemized, so that you can just roll, 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 and you know to, you know, jump on your point, what I did was, I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know how I was going to do it. What I did was I found people that had already been doing what I wanted to do and I hired them. Yeah. I hired them to come work for me, teach me the business and build my company. So what I didn't have the luxury of back then was like a mentor. There was nobody I could just say, hey, will you hire, can I pay you to teach me this? Mm-hmm. I went and hired them as employees and paid them a hundred grand a year each <laughs> to build this company. Right. My president, I was paying $200,000. My CFO was making a couple hundred grand. Wow. I mean, I was paying big money for mentors, right? you know, and it wasn't in the official capacity. So, you know, that's a real take home right there. If there's something that you want to do, whoever's watching this, 
and you don't know how to do it, not sure, go hire somebody. You can hire mentors now. You can hire coaches, mentors. You can take training programs. That stuff wasn't around. I had to hire employees. Right. You know, and that's another option too. You can hire employees that have been where you've been to help you do what you want to do. There's a lot of people that have come from, you know, different companies, different organizations, different institutions that you can hire to go to work for you and help you build. And you can see that at the, you know, levels of the multifamily operators, syndicators where you hire institutional people that work for like a Blackstone or work for like a REIT or something like that to come work with you mm-hmm. and help you build your company. You can do it in a home building company. You can do it in a residential property company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are people out there that have the skill sets to help you get to the next level that you can hire as employees, you know, and, and help you teach, you know, help teach you the business. So that's what I did. I found people that knew how to do what I wanted to do the best in the area that have been doing it at the highest level. And I hired them to come work for me. That's awesome. Well, do me a favor. How can people reach out to you, get a hold of you, follow you? Because uh, you're doing lots of good things, not only on YouTube, but also in your mentorship program. How, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. It's all on gregdickerson.com. I have a YouTube channel that I put stuff out, you know, every day. Yes, and you do. Uh, yeah, go check it out. All right. Well, thank you very much, man. That's a great story. Yeah. Two, million, two million bucks it's just because you bet on yourself with 10 grand. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, took that leap of faith. There you go.